0: Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's thought leadership discussion. My name is Brandon Cooper. I'm the Chief Risk Officer here at Venminder. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Brian Tate. Brian is President and CEO of the Network-Branded Prepaid Card Association. The premier trade association focused exclusively on companies involved in providing prepaid products to consumers, businesses, and governments. Brian's been with the NBPCA since 2013, when he was hired as the first Government Affairs Director. During his tenure with NBCA, Brian has led the association's advocacy efforts on numerous regulations. Over the last 10 years, Brian has been directly involved in some of the most notable financial services-related issues, including the Dodd-Frank Act, the Durban Amendment, and fiduciary duty. A native of Maryland, Brian is a graduate of the Howard University School of Law and is licensed to practice in the state of Maryland and before the U.S. Supreme Court. In addition, Brian has an M.A. in political management from George Washington, and a B.A. in political science from King's College of Pennsylvania. Brian was also a White House intern during the Clinton administration in 1996. After graduating from law school in 2004, he started first working in the financial services sector when he began working as an advocate for the credit union industry before leaving to work for the financial Services roundtable in 2009. Brian lives in suburban Maryland with his wife, Maria, and their three kids, George, Zoe, and Declan. Welcome, Brian. Thanks for joining
1: us. (laughs) Thank you, uh, Brandon, and and I want to thank you and Vin Minder for having me on and for that wonderful introduction. Thank you very much. When I read it out loud, it doesn't sound quite as good.
0: It's always fun to hear other people uh, lauding your many accomplishments, and we could get off on a whole tangent on some of your experiences, but for today, we will stick to third-party risk management, so... (laughs) That'll save us all a little bit of trouble, you know. And, and maybe as an opening thought, uh, given your kind of unique perspective on the industry, uh, how do you think financial institutions are doing overall from a third-party risk management perspective?
1: Well, that's, that's a very good question. And, and while I can't speak to any one individual company or entity's third-party uh, uh, risk management, um, but I can talk in general from from what I see throughout the industry. And I I think one important thing um, that we all have to keep in mind is that uh, fraud, fraud mitigation, due diligence, including uh, KYC or CIP, will be an essential part of the industry's blood um, and will be something that we focus on uh, as far as the industry is here in perpetuity at this point. The fraudsters are ever more creative. The um, the kinds of fraud that they're coming up with uh, could not have been contemplated ten years ago because of technology. But now, with uh, the technology and the ease of um, uh, computer systems lining up, and uh, people have the ability to infiltrate uh, personal, uh, I guess, servers, uh, the information that's out there is enormous, and the potential for chaos and risk and um, loss to the bank uh, will only continue to grow. That threat will remain constant. Uh, One thing I think will be important is that all of the financial institutions will Mm -hmm. have to make sure they're aware of the rules out there, the rules that are in place. The uh, uh, compliance will be uh, top of mind for not only the frontline compliance people, but also the management, the executives, and those in the C-suites. They're going to all have to play a role in making sure That the bank is doing its due diligence and to make sure at the end of the day the person or the end user or the account holder is the person they say they are and that their credentials are being validated um, and that the funds associated with that account are theirs and are there legally Um, that is going to be something that we're all going to have to pay attention to law enforcement is vigilant here Law enforcement, I just uh, um, I just learned this morning that there are entities that are tracking millions of transactions um, in certain locations around the country just to make sure that um, they don't see any anti-money laundering, any uh, uh, fraud-related issues that are start here or start internationally and have an impact here. So it's a really good question, but I think what uh, all institutions are going to have to do is make this a priority make sure that they invest resources here and make sure they have the right people and the best people working with them.
0: You know, it's interesting that you raised the point about fraud and and I appreciate you doing that because a lot of times people think about third-party risk management as being, you know, sort of just a regulatory requirement out there. And I I often try to spin that around a little bit and say, you know, think of all the things you're doing when you do third-party risk management well. And one of those is certainly fraud avoidance and, and you know, uh, a lot of the other things that come out of it, creating a strategic advantage by uh, dealing with the right types of companies, I, I really think is is a huge thing. You know, what besides following the um, regulatory guidance closely, what other best practices do you see out there right now in in managing risk?
1: You know, the the best practices I see are those who are making the investment in their risk management, and what what I mean by that is again, um, with the emphasis by law enforcement on uh making sure that you're identifying mitigating fraud making sure that you're identifying the end user the account holder i think um, what you're seeing is an evolution of where the banking industry was and where we are now um, especially post dot frank you're going to see more and more uh, companies have to do self-examination uh, you're going to see more and more companies contract out to um, their third-party risk to make sure that they have experts who can do the digging through and then recommending paths forward in terms of identifying problems in a particular system. Uh, I think that will be a growing business and a growing area of need for expertise, just because it is very difficult for anyone or any entity to do that self-examination and see their own uh, kind of exposure in different places. It's very hard to do self-analysis while you're still trying to do your day job. And it gets very complicated very quickly. And the fraudsters, you have to keep in mind this is their day job. And so uh, they have all day to try to infiltrate systems. They have all day to identify weaknesses. And you do need help here, especially um, depending on uh, whether or not you're a large institution or a small institution there are going to be, I think what we're all learning, there are going to be areas that of improvement or areas that we can always get better in. So I think the investment that people are going to see is is in experts and in compliance and in and understanding the regulations by the regulators, making sure that they're in compliance. Um, for example, I can also tell you that uh, over at Treasury, the CDD rule went into effect, I believe, this spring, even though the final rule was finalized two years ago, um there are there is no way around being compliant with treasury and the FINCEN rule and uh customer due diligence we're all in this together and one of the best things i think you can do in terms of um uh, kind of best practices is again use resources and invest them in the right places at your company do not hesitate to reach out to law enforcement if you identify issues and then also try to keep up to date with Um, exchanging information with not only your competitors in the same market um, because I think if you all work together and we're seeing this in different areas um, there is a chance that the everyone can benefit here just because um, fraud impacts everyone across the board and one example I can give you is that the MBPCA has been a member of the IRS Security Summit since I believe 2015 and we have seen dramatic reductions of fraud at the irs and um, that is because there has been coordination not only between the industry and the irs but the industry and states that issue state level tax returns and so um, uh, working together to broaden the scope or broaden the coalition only benefits everyone and this is this won't get in the way hopefully if uh, uh market activities or products on the market But if we all bond together, there is a better chance of solving this problem than trying to do it individually.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And, you know, it is one of the huge values of of being a part of the NBPCA and taking advantage of industry conferences and that sort of thing is really to kind of hear what efforts are out there and how we can better, as as you said, band together to to fight against fraud as an industry, not just, you know, uh, one institution at a time. So I, I really do appreciate that you know, right now, one of the hot topics out there is cybersecurity. What is your perspective on how concerned we should be from a cybersecurity perspective right now?
1: Well, I think we should all be concerned. I think um, that cybersecurity not only is uh, uh, something that the financial services industry needs to be aware about, but anyone that is storing information and using customer data, whether it's at a retail location, whether it's online, this is something that we all have to uh, be aware of. I think we've all read over the last four or five years the large data breaches that have taken place. Um, and although there have been I guess slow reactions by Congress um, while there's been a number of different bills, nothing definitive has been done to fix the problem. and I think part of it is just the fraudsters move very quickly. Technology has been moving rapidly, and so putting down a marker for how to fix cybersecurity now. Um, may limit the tools in the toolkit for Congress and law enforcement in the future. And so um, I think we'll, in the short term, continue to see the possibility of breaches. Um, But again, I think this is one of those areas where transparency um, and having the willingness and the ability to reach out to law enforcement when you notice something's um, not normal or something is unusual benefits everybody. Um, I, I also think that uh, um, uh, moving quickly to identify threats is also something that companies need to do, and also uh, trying to do the self-examination that needs to be done. Uh, fraudsters are great. Again, this is their full-time job. They they, they are looking for weaknesses in your um, in your security, in your online security, in your keeping how you uh, save and protect information. Um, I think at this point. the the best thing that everyone can do is try to identify threats as quickly as possible and also reach out to the appropriate authorities because once you get the information out you're also going to have the second half of the problem it's one thing to get hit by the fraudsters it's another thing to deal with your clients or customers Um, you need to be transparent on both ends and I think the companies that do that will survive um, this little error that we're in Um, but for those who, who struggle with that they're going to see, or I think generally speaking, you're going to see different treatment for them publicly by their consumers um, and how uh, they feel that they think they need to be treated in terms of being made whole again. And then law enforcement will ask, why weren't you transparent? So uh, at the end of the day, I believe sunlight is the best uh, kind of disinfectant for many different issues. And I think this is one of them.
0: That's absolutely true. And I mean, you look just back at the Equifax scandal last year, and and you can really see how much uh, that impacted the company. And and who knew what and when and and all the delays that went on in in revealing it. I mean, that's really a a great lesson in how, you know, how we can learn from this and and make ourselves better as an industry and how we react. You know, one topic I'd I'd love to get your perspective on as well, because I know you speak all the time to senior management at various financial institutions. Do you feel like overall risk management is getting enough attention at the senior management level and at the board level, and what things can they be doing uh, to better demonstrate their level of involvement?
1: Well, that's a very good question, because I I think uh, in the past it may not have been. It may have been a second or third tier issue. But I think one of the lessons learned from Dodd-Frank or post-crisis is that risk management is now going to have to be a priority for your executive team and your board. Um, In some cases, um, I believe in some jurisdictions, uh, there needs to be an executive that oversees the risk management filings. Um, signed by that executive or member of the board or approved by the board and the reason they're doing this because they want to make sure that senior management is plugged into to what their compliance departments are doing um, The the days of uh kind of passing the buck or saying well that's not my department even though you're working at the same bank and the left arm's not talking to the right arm um, uh, those days are over um, one of the things that happened in dodd frank and just generally speaking in terms of how regulators approach risk and issues that may rise out of risk is that the bank and the senior management at the bank is going to be responsible for all the operations at the financial institution Um, and i think what you're seeing now is us trying to work towards that as a regulator as the various prudential banking regulators are working towards that in terms of better coordination better understanding of what the other agencies are requiring and mandating um, to make sure that there is a uh, kind of seamless web of regulation and so that all of these parts are benefiting not only the kind of the system but are protecting consumers information making sure payments flow smoothly and to make sure that overall uh, the health of the bank is what's you know what's paramount here to make sure that there are no kind of giant gaps in the system because what we've learned from two thousand seven and two thousand and eight all it takes is one financial institution financial institution that's uh, uh properly positioned and intertwined with other financial institutions to struggle or go down, and there's a problem right. uh, and so I think you're going to see more requirements formal and informal imposed on management and the board to make sure. That the people that they hire are top-notch that they're qualified that they're continuing to uh, cles continue to be uh uh you know trained um i know on the on uh from the legal perspective to make sure that you have someone who understands the regulations and is able to communicate that to the bank is going to be critical um and and like i said i think companies like ben Minder and others third-party risk management are going to be more and more in play here as well as law firms to make sure that you have in-house counsel and outside counsel it, it takes a whole ecosystem here to make sure that the bank is running smoothly that the customer information is protected um and to make sure that you're satisfying the regulators need um to have you take this seriously
0: Absolutely. I agree with every everything you said, uh, spot on points you were making. You know, I don't want to take too much more of your time, but I would like one final uh, question before we wrap up. And, and this one I think a lot about, uh, g- given my perspective having worked in banking and, and now at Venminder. Do you see any real relief coming in, in the short term, not just in terms of regular, general regulatory relief, but really in, uh, will any of the proposed regulatory reform trickle down to offer a break to weary compliance officers as it pertains to risk management. I'll I'll be candid. My perspective is, you know, change causes problems in both directions. You have to manage multiple moving targets. It's as tough to unwind a regulation as it is to introduce a regulation. So I see things just continuing to be churning and more and more complicated, at least in 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 the near term. But I'd love your perspective on that as well.
1: I absolutely agree that it's very difficult to unwind, unring a bell and put the toothpaste back in the tube exactly Uh, and um i try to share this with our members and in conversations about legislative and regulatory activity it is very difficult to get a bill uh, signed into law it is very difficult to get a regulation finalized Um, and once those things are in place regulators state policy makers are uh, uh, not often inclined to reverse those decisions at least not quickly and uh, so we have to be thoughtful as an industry when we're engaging with regulators and legislators to make sure that we're specifically asking for what we want, um, what we need, um, and to make sure that there, those, those requests are beneficial to consumers at the same time, regardless of party, regardless of office. Um, again, politicians like to pass laws even though it's difficult and regulators like to regulate but once they do they like to move on to other issues and um, I think what we're seeing now um, generally speaking is uh, we're entering a kind of era of increased oversight increased questioning um, and the industry is going to have to respond with increased transparency and the threats are going to be new and evolving In congress you have to keep in mind especially uh, this they have uh, thousands of issues to deal with from uh, education to foreign affairs to banking um, and they don't always have the expertise um, to cover all of those different areas at the same time and so um, i think it's going to take congress and regulators Um, uh, they're probably trailing their fraudsters a little bit so it's going to take them time to catch up understand the threat and to make sure that they're legislating or regulating in a way that doesn't take uh, take into account just the threats from three years ago but the threats from five and ten years in the future Um, they want to be able to give law enforcement the tools they need to track down the fraudsters and the and the people who are creating these threats domestically or internationally so i think what you're going to see on the federal level is increased scrutiny nobody wants to be responsible for the next crisis or for a financial institution um not properly being over uh having the proper oversight so something can go wrong or a misstep and then i also see on the second pack uh, i guess on the back end of this of this discussion more states becoming more active i think you're seeing uh, more states uh, starting to start not only um uh, increased oversight but also, they're starting to build and develop their own kind of mini CFPBs, and so consumer financial protection bureaus on the state level. Um, and those two areas are going to have to learn to work together uh, to make sure that they are doing what they need to do um, based on their mandates on the state level. But I don't see less compliance; I see more, and I see more in st- more states who um, want to make sure they're doing the right thing by their citizens. So whether it's risk management or passing a regulation that requires uh, a certain board or executive to be engaged at the company companies are now going to not only have to pay attention to federal rules and regulations they're going to have to know their state requirements and it's going to be expensive to try to comply with both and so um, this may be a way for uh the industry to really be engaged to know everything they need to know from all different corners but at the same time, it will be a challenge because the cost of compliance will now be one of the barriers to entry into the marketplace.
0: Yeah, I certainly agree with that as well. Well, I appreciate uh, your time. I think you've brought some really terrific perspective and really given us a lot to uh, to think about and to work on. Uh, so I thanks, everybody, for joining us. And thank you in particular, Brian, for uh, joining us as well. And uh, have a great afternoon and evening, everyone.